Welcome to a podcast about wealth and life. We all know that our finances play a big part in how we live our lives. In this podcast, the advisors from Foster and Motley share insights and information about investment and financial planning topics and how they connect to your life. Inflation is something of a big topic these days and growing. All right. That was supposed to be kind of a tiny joke there, but you know, inflation really isn't funny when your grocery bill seems higher every week and you're buying the same things. It also isn't funny when your 3% salary increase is wiped out by rent and commuting costs that climb that much and more. I'm Patrice Sikora with Dave Neighbor to tackle the puzzle that is inflation. But first, Dave, let's define it. How do you talk about inflation? How do you explain it? Yeah, it's good to be with you, Patrice. Inflation, as you just described it with your grocery bill, it's the price that things, items go up over time. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can calculate it and you could have a podcast episode or many episodes just into how it's calculated and what goods go into it and seasonally adjusting the numbers. And there's plenty of nuances, but for the purpose of our discussion today, just think of it as a basket of goods that all of us typically use housing costs, putting gas in our car, going to the grocery store, getting a haircut. And so when you factor in all of those things and the cost increase over a year, you end up with an inflation number. And for the past 40 years, that number has been pretty low. Uh, there's mm. been some years where it's been almost zero. So certainly over the last two years, we're seeing a, a pattern that has been a long time since we've experienced it. And inflation has been, what, 8.7% or something like that in late that. 2022 and kind of moderated down to 6%. And we hear a lot about the Fed fighting inflation to continue to get that lower because to your point, there's negative ramifications of that. And so that's why the Fed is fighting inflation. And it's something that hurts everyone. Um, you know, within those buckets of items that go into inflation, some have gone up even more. You the grocery store, that's something we've all experienced. Oh, yeah. And within the grocery store, even you go to buy eggs and they're up 50% year over year. So uh, it's certainly something on all consumers' radar and uh, makes for a timely topic for discussion today. And yet, in the notes here, there's a very interesting point. Inflation doesn't hit all of us across the board. Talk about the fact that haircuts are something that not all of us need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm taking a stab at my brother there. He He's bald. He doesn't require haircuts. So if that's up 12%, that's a budget savings for him that he's not experiencing, but most of us are. But more seriously, you think about um, housing, housing expense, the experience with inflation can be very different if you own a home versus rent a home. If you rent a home and your lease comes up and it's time to negotiate, that landlord can pass on those additional costs very quickly. And that can result in the pain of inflation being experienced uh, rapidly. Whereas if you're a homeowner and you took the time in 2020 and early 2021 to lock in a 3% mortgage rate, you're simply not experiencing housing inflation like those that rent. So I think that's an important example. And of course, those that are working experience it differently than those that are retired. Historically, working folks like you and me uh, expect an annual increase to keep up with inflation. Um, 
this past year for a lot of folks that did not keep up with inflation. If that was six and you're getting three, well, guess what? You just lost spending power with your raise. Uh, now, the flip side of that is in many years past, if you were getting 3% and inflation was one, you were ahead of the game. But uh, still, it's important for those that are working to experience or just fully understand the impact of inflation on the retiree side and more of the folks that Foster and Motley works with, uh, even for a retiree, there's different buckets of income that experience inflation differently. Uh, perhaps the hardest hit are those with a pension. You know, there's fewer and fewer of us these days that have a pension, For but for those lucky enough to have one, not all pensions come with an annual increase. Mm -hmm. So if you started out getting 2000 bucks a month, 10 years ago, and we've been through a year with 8% inflation, a year with 6% inflation, all of a sudden the purchasing power of that pension has suffered dramatically. And things kind of even out here too. Social security, there was a big hike this year, but for a number of years, there was little to no hike. Yeah. And the, the goal for social security is to increase around inflation. So to your point, Patrice, this past year, Social Security went up 8.7%. And that's the highest increase since 1981 when it went up 11.2%. For the better part of the last two decades, the average increase was up something like 1% to 3%. Uh, and there were even a few years where it was zero. Back in 2009, 2010, 2015, uh, Social Security did not increase uh, but it's a bit of a double-edged sword because we all know that Social Security has its own issues. So to increase payments by 8.7% just brings us closer to the reckoning day of when we have to make some changes with Social Security. So true, so true. Now investments, people see inflation. Do they think I should not buy anything right now? It's too expensive. I'll just take my money and put it in my little cookie jar. Well, the Federal Reserve's hoping some of that behavior occurs, right? So with interest rates going up, they're trying to cool spending, which in turn, the thought is that cools the pace at which prices increase. The trap that you can get into is if I'm just going to put money in my cookie jar, is that the $100 you put in your cookie jar last year is not worth as much this year because now that 100 bucks cost 108 to buy something. So you've lost purchasing power right. uh, with the cookie jar. So you know, we could have an entire different episode, and I'm sure we will, on the investment ramifications of inflation. Uh, but the point I just want to make is it really requires a diversified portfolio. And if you leave the money in the cookie jar, you're just trading one risk uh, for another. And you're trading market risk of, you know, your investments possibly going down in value for inflation risk, where you're guaranteeing your investments are going down in value. So now inflation does go up, it goes down, it's a roller coaster. Are we ever going to see the good old, well, I won't say good old days. I did say good old days of inflation when for some people, zero inflation is fantastic, but for other people in your investments, you're not getting anything. But back in the day, we kept hearing how things were, they were cheaper. They were, you could afford something. It's all relative. It is relative. It's, it's funny you say that because I, Learned about inflation at an early age. I just didn't know it was called inflation. So one of the things I think of is hearing stories about my grandpa telling me about buying a cheese coney for 10 cents. Uh, Patrice, have you ever had a Cincinnati coney? I have not had a Cincinnati coney, but I have had a chili dog. And I think that's what we call them. Out okay. Here. Yeah. Add cheese on top and yeah, you've got the exactly. concept. 
Um, so growing up, he would tell me about how he bought them for 10 cents. And this was in a time before I had to worry about my calorie intake. And I just thought, wow, <laughs> 10 cent conies, that seems like a dream come true. You know, what I didn't fully put together at the time is that's simply inflation. Uh, now a coney goes for $2.50, $3. And if you take 4% inflation and you go over the 80 years ago that he was experiencing 10 cent conies, you come up with a coney that costs $2.30 today. So, you know, he also didn't tell me that he was earning 50 cents an hour and all the other details that went into that uh, cost of a Coney. In addition to what we pay for items, uh, in that example, a cheese Coney, um, it also impacts savings rates. And I think of another story that my grandparents would often tell me. And frankly, this one seems to be coming up the more and more as we had ultra low interest rates. And uh, my grandma would say, oh, the day there used to be a day I could get a 14% CD. Whoa. Yes. So, I do remember that. <laughs> I do. Uh, she's from what I like to think of as the certificate of deposit generation, where that is their preferred <laughs> investment. And Similar to the Coney, I thought, wow, that must have been the glory days. Take a bank insured deposit and get 14%. Life is good. But I think similar to the cheese Coney, there's kind of the rest of the story. And the rest of the story was that inflation was at 16%. So you take the 14 you were earning minus the, the 16 and you're still down 2% after you factor in inflation. And uh, certainly the people that were taking out a mortgage in the early 80s would like to have a word with my grandmother as they were also paying 16, 17 plus percent on their mortgage. My first mortgage, more than 14 percent. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because right now we're seeing six and a half percent on a 30 year and that's supposed to cool off the economy. And wow. you know, people are looking at it like, oh, that's so bad and not even remotely close to what we ex what you experienced. No, I and I'm grateful now for having, as you say, refinanced and whatnot and over the years. So it's what I've got a 3.375 now, I think I'm up to me. I'm ecstatic about that. And people say, oh, you couldn't gotten better. Well, no, maybe not. Yeah, that's amazing. When inflation's going up six and 8%, your mortgage yeah. is getting cheaper each year that that happens. Yeah, absolutely. What about employment? How does this hit employment? Well, it's um, the Fed's job right now, what they're trying to do is drive more unemployment to just slow down demand. So part of the in increase in interest rates, their hope is it cools down the economy and ultimately results in cooling down inflation. These market cycles, uh, part of them line up with what you read in your econ textbook back in college in part are real head scratchers. And where we're at right now, the employment picture is a head scratcher, frankly. It's very strong. Companies continue to hire and to retain employees. So really to fix inflation, most economists would say you're first going to have to see cracks in employment. And unfortunately, that means more people uh, losing their job. But up to this point, the employment picture uh, has been pretty strong. So what can we do? What can we do in this situation where inflation has picked up considerable, well, Yes, it is considerably from what it mm -hmm. has been. And what about our investments? What about our saving? What about our spending? What can we do, Dave? Yeah, it's like all things. It's important to really focus on what we can control. And so I think of 
you know, first framing the rate of return that you're expecting on your investments and focusing on what we call the real rate of return. So what you earn minus inflation is your real rate of return. So in that example earlier where inflation was 16% and grandma was getting 14%, she was still losing money. So mm-hmm. um, part of it is coming up with an asset allocation that over time is going to outpace inflation. So that's not just the cookie jar technique. That's not just certificates of deposit, but that includes high quality stocks, uh, real estate, some bonds, and just an overall investment allocation that's proper for for your scenario. As you say, it's an allocation too. You've really got to look across asset classes. Yeah. And each is going to behave differently to inflation. For bonds, it can be quite detrimental. We've seen that most recently with SVB and some of the banking crisis, that quick increase in bonds caused some issues with the the bank's balance sheets and unfortunately caused some to go under. Um, For those that don't need to sell their bonds and can hold them to maturity, they're in a better position to weather that storm of an increasing interest rate environment. Uh, and be able to purchase new bonds when those mature. So on the bond side at Foster and Motley, we've been very diligent on understanding and communicating with our clients how long we're lending out their bonds. So that as interest rates go up, they have bonds maturing that they can sweep back into higher interest rate bonds. All right, Dave, let's end on an upbeat note here. Give me something positive. Well, you mentioned something positive earlier, Patrice, and that is your 3% and change mortgage rate is looking pretty attractive. And I think for a lot of our listeners that have a mortgage, that's a a piece of good news in this inflation puzzle. So one day, perhaps we can tell our grandkids about that time we had a 3.3% mortgage rate and uh, that the price of that actually was going down as inflation was going up. So uh, there's always a another side to the story, and that's at least one side we'll be able to share in the future as a positive of uh, of this environment. All right. Well, Dave, how could people reach you at Foster and Motley? Sure, Patrice. The best way to get in touch with us is at our website at fosterandmotley.com. All of our contact info, phone number, and a fillable form are all there to get a hold of us. All right. And if you have found this information useful, please subscribe or follow the podcast. Don't forget to share with others and be in touch with us. Let us know what you would like to hear about. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Foster and Motley, a podcast about wealth and life. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information discussed and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Foster and Motley. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Keep in mind that rules and regulations are subject to change. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions regarding your financial planning and investments. Foster & Motley is not affiliated with any third-party providers. Any mention of a third-party provider does not imply an endorsement of that provider. If you decide to utilize a third-party provider, you do so at your own risk.